I just, um, Andre, would you want to, I just want to introduce Andre to you. Um, I have known of Andre for, for many, many years, heard many stories connected with um, church planting out in the Balkans and then with, connected with Dave Devonish and all sorts of things and, and heard of him, but just recently got to know you and then we were out in Romania together and we, so it was good just to connect again. But there is, I think, Andre, as well as the situation in church planting in Ukraine and everything that's going on there, and I hope you'll just be able to say something like briefly about that, this is a man that is just planting many, many churches across Europe. And I think it's just really important that we hear something of what Andre is carrying about this apostolic movement because Europe is this vast mission field. And we, just, we need to be caught up of that in the, in the middle of London. So let me just pray for you, Andre. Father, we, we pray, Lord, that that you would stir us this morning, that not only would we hear what is going on in Ukraine at the moment and that we would pray for a nation uh, going through such devastation, but we ask, oh Lord, would you catch us up in your plans and your purposes? And we thank you for this man. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Thank you very much. Good morning. morning. It's great to be here. Uh, Is there any Ukrainians? No? If, if, if yes, I can speak Ukrainian for, for a while. No. No, it's not, not, not big fun, you know. <laughs> it's, it's, it was so great to have communion this morning. It's it's incredible sense. God's family and God is real. And it's not only stories from past. This is present stories from today. God is real. We are not believing in doctrine and theory. We believe in person. Amen? And it makes difference. He's real. So I would love to share uh, a little bit. First of all, to present a bit myself. I'm Andrei. Thanks for inviting, such a big joy. I have a privilege to travel quite a lot and to see God's family on different places. And everywhere it's beautiful. It's such a beautiful picture and such an incredible sense. One big worldwide family. Uh, I'm married to Natasha, wonderful young lady, always young. <laughs> you have three, uh, three boys, uh, Daniel, Ilya and, and Timothy, and it seems like we stopped, but who knows? <laughs> Why I'm saying I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes it's good to make drugs, but yeah. <laughs> uh, we are originally from Ukraine, and uh, I used to lead a church in the east of Ukraine for nearly 20 years. It was base church. I said, yeah, it was, you know, God, God was using, when war started 2014, we have moved, but the church, praise God, uh, exists, and we have a great team there, all churches, because it's occupied territory, so I'm not going to share any names, any, any towns, but praise God, by God's grace, kingdom, nothing can stop kingdoms advance and uh, guys doing well and the church is doing well they are like light in the in the darkness and this is you know the darker situation the more obvious the goodness of God and uh, God is um, when war started one year ago uh, our house just in two kilometers from the military airport so it was quite quite obvious for us uh, what's going on. And actually, it's really dramatic here. But I can say again, again, it's unique opportunity for us to be light in the darkness. Yes, it's civil, it's dramatic, it's so painful. But we see that God is, God is able to turn evil into good. And we see it's repeated all the time, all the time. And uh, we, we've been to, uh, we visited Ukraine recently. And we spent about uh, eight days uh, um, there. And in one particular place, it's Kriminchuk. Uh, we, we are in partnership with local church uh, feeding people. 
like in three locations, 100, 150 people each day, church cooks meal. So it's really needed. And not because people are lazy, just situation. It's war, it's an economical situation. And so many people like staying in a queue, just waiting for the, um, for the meal. And it's for some, some people saying it's quite embarrassing moment for whole my life. I, I, will, I was like self, uh, self, yeah. And, and, and now people like well dressed, uh, look brilliantly, but just nothing to eat. And some of them, they said, we are thankful God for this season, because if not this season, if not war, we'll never come to the church. We've been away, we had no desire for God at all, and now He found us in, in, during this hard time. And uh, young ladies, they started to ministry. They said, and now we are not only knowing that God is real, we are following Jesus. And so a, a new church is, uh, has been planted, and in the process of planting, because in so many places, people become very open. They said, we never thought that God is real. We never thought that God is needed. Now we understand that without God, we can't live. So we, we just receive Jesus. We are just following him, and we see many, 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 many stories. And outside of Ukraine, the same. I'm living with this expectation that God is on a move already, and we'll see strong move of God in different nations. I'm just living with this sense, and this is time not just wait, it's time for preparation. Because if, if we are not preparing ourselves, we can miss the season. Waiting means be prepared or do preparation, uh, waiting with faith, make steps, be ready. It's, it's critically important season. I, I'm going to share, uh, the title is very simple, A Man After God's Own Heart. And I'm going to read from Book of Acts 1322. Uh, as, as, as Duncan said, we really focusing on uh, planting churches in Ukraine, in Europe, in India. Since 2014, we, we are involved in India, and it wasn't our desire. I only saw Bollywood movies. It was all my knowledge about the India. And I like that interesting dancing. I can't repeat because I can't move my body like this, but I was enjoying to see. So uh, 2014, uh, during our church planting uh, school, uh, we, we felt God, is, uh, God said to us, I'm going to give you grace to touch this nation. And we've been praying for one particularly uh, unreached, particular unreached group of people, 80 millions. I can't remember what it was, but we've been praying because the teacher said to us, pray for unreached people. So we've been just obedient. And uh, during that prayer, felt God is uh, just saying to me, I'm going to give you grace to touch this nation, and not only to this, to many. And it was a turning moment for us from being totally focused on our place east of Ukraine, because I'm, I'm very committed for our town, doing a lot, for our area, and we've been living with this sense that we are um, reaching a Point when we'll plant many churches because all young people were excited about the preaching gospel, planting churches. I was gathering a team for moving to another big city for plant church. So it was our desire, and suddenly God is saying, I'm going to give you grace to touch that nation which never been in our mind and heart. And we started to pray. Then we sent a couple to India. We know Hindi, no idea about the culture. You can imagine this crazy start. And now, uh, eight years later, or yeah, a bit more, we have about 30 churches, all led by, by, by local couples who became Christian. They reject to worship idols, and they, they are following Jesus from darkness to light, to the light. It's so many stories. And I would love to encourage, when we think about this way of life, to please God, to follow, to be obedient, I would love to encourage 
his thoughts is much greater than ours. We can trust him. Let's read Acts 13.22. One verse. Book of Acts 13.22. After removing Saul, he made David their king. God testified, testified concerning him. I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. It was beginning. And verse 30, uh, 36, it was description of the end of David's life. Now, when David had, had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. I like this. Beginning <laughs> and the end. It's my dream when I go to God's presence on a stone to be written. Andrei, son of Anatoly, he had served God's purpose in his own generation. I would love. For me, it's like the best description of my life. But you know, there are some decisions we are making in our life. Usually it's it's few decisions in whole our life which really shape life and, and, uh, and make our way. Some deep, deep decisions. David was a young boy when Saul was king of Israel. And after two or three years being king, Saul became, became very self-confident, arrogant. And uh, he made a decision to make his own way. Not be obedient to God, but to be king and to use his authority, all, all, uh, a, uh, like, all resources for his own purposes. And after one battle, he felt that he became very strong and, and, and he went up to the mountain and built a monument. It's it's crazy picture. And when I think prophet came and he started to ask people, where is Saul? Where is the king Saul? They said, oh, he, 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 uh, he went to build a monument. He said, what kind of monument? For what? To remember what? They said he built monument for himself. After two or three years, it just begins too early. <laughs> Generally, it's crazy and it's early. And when he came, and that monument really represents his attitude. He started to worship himself. He started to trust only himself and he turned off from God. So God said to the prophet, I rejected Saul and I found a man after my own heart. It's interesting when and how God found David. Who was David in that moment? He was a teenager, young boy. He was growing up in a big family. He had seven older brothers. He was the youngest. And it seems like he was rejected in, in his family. If you face rejection in your life, I, 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 I know what it means to be rejected. Not in my family, but from very close people. I was 10 years old when I experienced it. It was so painful. I didn't want to leave. I was riding a bike from that particular moment, situation when, when I so strongly faced a rejection and, and uh, obligation against me. I was crying. I can't see the road. And, and only one idea was if car crash, if, if car just kill me, it will be the best moment or the best uh, uh, end of this story. I was crying. I didn't want to, to, to leave because of rejection. And you know, when we're facing something uh, dramatic in our life, we are making decisions d deeply in our heart. When, when David uh, experienced this uh, rejection in his family, usually it's two kinds of reactions. One is to make heart hot and to protect and to live my own life. I won't trust anyone. I will fight for my life. And uh, quite often people becoming not easygoing. They are aggressive. They're trusting only themselves. And it's really changing direction to the, to, to, for, for life. And another option in the darkest moments of life, 
in the most challenging moments to see God and to find God. So when, Paul, uh, when, when David was uh, caring, looking after the sheep with the, with the servants of his father Jesse, rejected, lonely, I'm sure he, he felt it's, it's, not, it's not right to be away from family. In that moment, he discovered God. Most commentaries said that he wrote uh, Psalm 23 during that terrible challenging season. He found a God who can describe as a good shepherd. And uh, it's very interesting in one of his, in the longest song, actually, Psalm 119 in, in English Bible, verse um, 18. Just a second, I will, I will read. It's few, it's few actually. What I like, listen, please. Your decrees are the theme of my song wherever I lodge. Your decrees were the my song. It's interesting which part of five books of Moses he was singing when he was facing challenges. When I think I'm reading Bible on a regular basis, now I'm, I'm, I'm just reading, finishing the David story, and before was five book of, books of, Mona, of Moses, I would think, okay, if challenges come to my life, what part of Genesis, Ishadas, Le Levites, Leviticus, I will, I will sing? No. Because my understanding and David's understanding of Old Testament are a bit different. He's so deeper. Some people see in Old Testament only what you can do or you can't do. It's like strict uh, uh, borders? Borders. So it's, it's all, all about what you can do and you can't. And a lot of laws, strange laws about clean and unclean. I love, I love to eat pork. So for me, it's painful to read the, some, some parts of Old Testament. I'm so thankful for New Testament. But when I'm reading, I think, oh, it's so many. You can't do, you, can, you can't do, you, you, you must do this. And I think so many. And we are too concentrated on you, what you can or you have to do without understanding who God is. But David saw in Old Testament how God revealed himself. And I'm going to read from a little, just, just one or two, just one verse. It's Exodus. Exodus 34, 6. Uh, sorry for my English. I'm still learning. So I'm preaching. I'm practicing. You're helping me. Win-win situation. Okay? Thank you. Thank you very much. Okay. Let's read. Let's continue. Just keep going. <laughs> and he passed in front of Moses proclaiming, The Lord... The Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and, and faithfulness. Wow. What David saw in Old Testament, God, who, who is full of love, unending love and grace and slow to anger. And when he, he saw God through scripture, it became his songs. Whatever he was facing, he know he, the God is his good shepherd. He'll protect his God Almighty. He's slow to anger if he done something wrong. He, he, he's not enjoying punishing us. He's slow to anger because he's disciplining us. He's lo he, he loves us. He's leading us. Like, and like father treats his sons, th this is his attitude in the best version of, of it, best father. So David found God and he just started to grow in trust. And he made some decisions secretly in his private place. No one could hear, no one could see. He said once, he said, God, my Lord, I know no one like you. I trust you. 
No one like you. No one like you. Kind and full of love and care for me. I make decision for all my life. I will do whatever you ask me to do. And the goal of my life is to please you. He was very young. In that moment, you know, somehow deep decisions, no one knows, but God knows. And that decisions change in direction of our life. And God said, I accepted it. And he said to prophet, I found a man after my own heart who will do everything I want him to do. What a statement. Can I ask you, is it description of your decision? This is a serious question. What kind of decision shaped or direct our life? And it's never late to make such a decision. Right now, it doesn't matter how old are you. Today, you can make this decision. For making such a decision, we need to grow in knowing God. We can't trust if we don't know God. It's impossible. Can I tell you one story from Ukraine, from recent, fresh? About three years ago, one young man, man became Christian. He's a professional boxer. He's very young, very skillful. He's doing international fights. Great guy. And we just encourage him to continue. I don't know how it works, but we... It's hard to pray before fight, but... <laughs> but he's very good. He's very talented. And, and he's very serious. He's very committed to, to Jesus. He, he loved Jesus. When war started, and our team, we did evacuation from Mariupol. Mariupol became famous. And we had three churches there, work around. So I, I spent six years just be concentrated on developing our churches in Mariupol. And uh, we evacuated literally thousands of people, or helped to be evacuated. And he said, I feel God wants me to stay, at least for, for a while. And in one moment, uh, the older guy just hugged him. And he said, if you feel God wants uh, you to stay, he hugged him and he said, lay, lay, lay his hands and he said, now you're pastor for these people. About 130, 150, half of them not believers at all. They, they found a shelter in our church building. It's a basement, concrete basement, very properly done for such a situation. So 130, 150 people. Uh, and before war, we felt we, we have to, to, um, to buy a lot of food, water, generator. I think 10 days before war started, we prepared a lot. And for next two months, it became shelter for hundreds. So when, when heavy fightings happened and a lot of explosion, they can't, uh, they can't uh, leave that place. It was dangerous. So many people died because of explosions. And uh, the water just gone. And they, um, it, was, uh, there was, uh, it was some snow outside, but no way to go and collect snow because it's dangerous. And they started all. All of them, 100, 150, I don't know exactly. They started to pray and, and ask God to help them to know the moment when they can go. And some, some of people started to say, oh, we feel God is kind of giving us window of opportunity. Now go, take snow, and nothing will happen to us. And they started to learn how to hear God's voice. You can imagine 130, 150 people, half of them with no idea about God, but sitting in a, in a basement and doing nothing. And, and it's scary. They started to read Bible and pray very practically to survive. And they started to practice how to hear God's voice. And when Holy Spirit is saying, you can go pick up snow and nothing will happen, they started to make step of faith and, and obedience and see miracles. And the faith uh, started to grow. And unbelievers, they said, oh, God is real. God is, God is speaking. One day, one day, 
uh, and it was baptism, very interesting baptism. They took, because some people were becoming Christian, they said, if God is real, we would love to, to follow him. So the baptism was mailed snow, a little bar of, of, of water from mailed, put it into, like, Catholic church, or like, you know, traditional, but no pool, it's no chance. So just melt water, put into, in, in the name of Jesus, done. And uh, I never heard, and okay, two stories, so I'll finish. I'm very excited because God is on the move. So one day, few people came and they said, we feel God is saying, in 21 days, you need to leave this place and I'll give you a way to be evacuated. And you need to go to one particular place. It will be uh, evacuation point. And they started to count every day, 21 days, because they trust to God's voice was growing. And all people, no, no, no one was skeptical. It was so obvious that God is real, God speaks, and what he speaks, it works. 21st day, those who made decision to be evacuated, they left in the midst of heavy fightings. And no one died, no one was, no one was injured. After a few miles, they reached an evacuation point. Amen. And that man, young man, became, uh, before he left, he found another one, ex-soldier. Ex-soldier said, because of my tattoo, I can't go through the checkpoints. They will find, find out that I'm Ukrainian soldier, and they will kill me. No way to survive. I'm going to stay. And I'm going to care for these people. That man was baptized with the melt snow a few, maybe a few weeks ago. But acceleration happened. And he said, I'm going to care for, for, for these people. So this young man, who, was, he be, who became a pastor a few weeks ago, he said, he hugged, laid hand, and he said, now you're a pastor for these people. <laughs> it's, I love these stories. <laughs> but God is real. This, this is a point. God is real, and God is someone we can trust to. And without trust in God, we can't make such a, such a decision. But I know God who loves me. I follow Jesus from 1990. I, I know I look younger, but thank you. Do you have five more minutes? Yeah. Of course, not only prophetically, as, as David, we, we grow in understanding God through scriptures. And, you know, sometimes we can read, but without prayer, just information. So David had specific prayer in Psalm 99, 18, open my eyes that I may see wonderful things in your law. Psalm 99, 18. This is a prayer. When I'm open Bible to read, I'm just praying, Lord, please open my, mind, uh, my eyes. I don't want just to see information, just to remember stories. I would love to be transformed. I would love to be amazed by knowing who you are how great you are, how powerful you are. Just reveal yourself to me through scripture. And it works, and it works. Also, enjoying God's presence. It was part of David's life. And you know, we can, we can believe that God is real, but today I was experiencing God's presence, yes? It, we, we are worshiping not empty place. We are worshiping real God. And He is in the midst of us. We can touch Him, but much more often He touches us. We can feel. And by Holy Spirit or through Holy Spirit, He helps us experience it. Christian faith, it's, it's faith of, not of theory, it's, it's practice. He can heal us, and it's happened. Today we, we, we've been hearing these stories. God is real. He's healing us. He, know, he knows our challenges. He can speak into our situation by bringing comfort or word of knowledge or word of wisdom, what we have to do. God is real. 
And the biggest pain for David was when he couldn't join a gathering in God's presence. It was such a big pain when some of his enemies stopped him of being able to come to the temple or to the presence of God with God's people. I think it was great encouragement today for us, for some people who prefer online for no reason. There are some reasons, illness, journey, but sometimes it's just about comfort. I'm, I'm, I will go and you'll forget me, but I will leave this idea to, to come together and enjoy God's presence. This is privilege. This is privilege. I'm in a stuck sometimes in my personal prayer because in the Western culture we are making such a big emphasis on personal, personal study, personal prayer, but much more New Testament about corporate. Amen. Amen. No, one, no one individual can experience fullness of God. Fullness belongs to God. Jesus revealed fullness of God and church all together can, can experience fullness. It's never about individual experience. And, and one, one Jewish rabbi said, I'm really afraid if my disciple made a decision to study Torah, Torah by his own, he will become foolish. It's, it's quite, you know, they really emphasize personal study. Quite often heresies coming out from personal studies. Ah, oh, Lord, what I'm saying. I would love to encourage you, let's go together. Yeah, amen. Together we can experience God's presence and revelation. I'm doing study, I have my prayer life, but quite often when I'm stuck in my personal, I know this is a call to enjoy togetherness. This is a call to find someone to pray together. Sometimes I can't hear God, and I know from experience this is a call to humble myself and to ask for help. And sometimes I'm just asking, can you pray uh, with me? Can you pray? And we just started to pray and something happened. Because when two or three gather around Jesus, he's coming. Amen. We can experience his presence. Amen? A few things I would love to ask to think about. Uh, in Western culture, we are part of effectiveness became an idol to be effective, to be busy. And it, sometimes it leads us for pretending. I hope it's not about you at all, but to be busy to, uh, and to have schedule full of plans means I live effective life. To be tired, no time for meeting people. Is it biblical? When we think about the church vision, this is one of the most stressful points for leaders of the church. Do you have clear strategic 25 years Vision. Once I was told, once I was told, if you can't describe by steps next your 20 years, you're not leader. I said, I'm not leader. Amen. I'm just joining Abraham. He was going by faith. He knew nothing about future, but he knows God, and he was just following God. You know, sometimes human management replacing real faith or tries to replace. It's very challenging for us and as a church we can pressure, we can bring press, uh, pressure to, to, to the leaders or we can be released from this. The most important thing to know how God is leading us. This is the most important. And our sovereign God sometimes makes decisions to give us long-term vision and sometimes he makes decisions just to, to lead us step by step. And it's from him. And it's okay. If some people will ask me, what is your long-term vision? Follow Jesus. Amen. Is it enough? For me, it's enough. It doesn't mean I will do nothing. 
somehow God makes us busy, <laughs> but it's different. Because sometimes, because of I was in a position, you know, to lead a church and family of churches, sometimes people asking, what is your vision? What is your vision? And especially if you're surrounded with a church cult culture, when everything booked in for two years ahead, absolutely clear, all walls and statements, what well, we we'll achieve by 2030, 2050, 2070. I hope Jesus will come earlier. <laughs> One day we had a plan. And great group of people were ready to join us into moving to biggest city in our area and plant a new church. So we have developed that plan. I'm very excited. I'm always thinking about something new. This is my nature. So in my mind, I saw a beautiful picture of future, and we started to. I started to uh, start a new business in that place, and it was quite. I liked the dynamic, and I became very excited. And but we felt that one point is missing in this plan. The the send that God is on the move. And because I, I know how, how it looks like, I started to struggle in my heart, and I started to pray, Lord, it seems like you are not on the move in this direction. For, for 18 months, it was a prayer. And one particular day, I, I, I remember, I was preaching in one, in one, in one city, and during the worship, wonderful worship, very prophetic time. I felt that Jesus is near, just staying very close to me. And I asked Jesus, why you didn't tell me what, what you think about this idea? For 18 months, we are doing preparation, all group of young people ready to move, but I can't feel that you are on a move. And you say nothing, why? Oh, it was a moment for me. I just felt Jesus said, I'm staying and looking. How far you're ready to go without me? How far you're ready to go without me? I'm just waiting. I felt scary. I had a great plan without God. And I was ready to go because all great people, all like dream team, Brilliant young people, great resource uh, city. It's it's opportunity, of course, to preach, to plant, but without Jesus, to plant church for Him without Him, I think it's it's crazy. To slow down sometimes, this is hardly, uh, this is godly moment to slow down. Sometimes God is showing us just, just one step. We can, we can be in a quite foggy season. We can't see. When you're driving in a, in a fog, you're slowing down. It's, 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 it's absolutely fine and it's wise. If you don't know how God is leading, don't make any loud statement. I have learned. I don't want to say something to impress people. I would prefer to wait g word from God and then just repeat it. I like this. If God says, we can just repeat. Because if God says something, you know, with all God's promises, how it works, we can't force God to give us any promise. Are you with me? We can't force God to give us any promise. Because Everything he's promised is only one reason. It's what God is going to do. He promises us only what he is going to do. For this reason, it will always happen. Because Almighty God is going to do, and he is giving us promise because he is inviting us to join his mission. And it's really releases. It's not my mission. It's not my goals. It's not my project. It's what God is going to do. So when God said to us, 
sand and start plant churches in India, it was just war happened. We had 150 dollars in our budget. I think it's not enough. <laughs> the tickets to send uh, family was 4,500, and we had 150. So we said, Lord, if this is your idea, just help us. Release finances. And we made a simple statement. We are going, we still feel, even war started, we are going to start planting churches in India. Everyone who, who would love to be part of this, just give money, send money. And all people who spread it out started to send money. We've got four, four and a half thousand, bought tickets, and we had agreement with the family who was moving to India that when, we, when they arrive to India, they will believe that money for their life for next month will come into account. They said, okay, we agree to live by faith. They, they flew, and when they landed, first thousand came. It was enough to, to rent, to buy fridge. And then, step by step, sometimes we were given 90% of all our money to India. Sometimes all, sometimes we could send money in the last day. But I can say since 2014, God is faithful. Everything he asks us to do, he will provide. Sometimes in the last day, but it's fine. It's a bit stressful. Sometimes I can, you know, sometimes I was praying and said, Lord, you're faithful, you're faithful, but, but please, once again, you know this funny prayers. Then when it's happened, you say, ah, yeah, I knew, I knew, I knew. <laughs> I'm a man of faith, I'm confident. But it's not the end of story. <laughs> Last December, you know, uh, war started, 90% uh, of our people spread it out in different places. Uh, Poland, Germany, Canada, America, UK, uh, nine million people left Ukraine, you can imagine, everywhere, especially from, a new occupied territory, and we started to pray, Lord, what you're doing? And, and we just fell. God, God is saying, I took my, my seeds and I'm sowing on my field for future harvest. And we just started to fall. God is encouraging us. This is a unique opportunity for planting new churches. Even through pain, uncertainty, challenges, huge pain, huge disappointments, but lift up your eyes. Look through the uh, kingdom perspective. Yeah. yeah. Not from human, not from pain. Yes, this is a pain. But those who are sowing with the tears, you reap with the joy and song. This is promises we are living with. And last December, we had a, a gathering, our apostolic team, just praying for future, God, how, how you're going to lead us. And we felt two numbers came to our heart. And we, for, for many years, we had no long-term, like, goals. But we felt God gave us 10 and 300. 10 years and 300 churches. And I said, Lord, it's a lot. Especially now, it just, it sounds like, but you know the difference? If God wants us to do it, actually, it's different. It's what God is going to do. And he said, would you join? Yeah. Would you like to join? And we said, yeah. <laughs> yes, we would love to join. We are praying now for planting or 300 churches working together as part of preparation for move of God in Europe. I believe we'll, be, we'll see, we'll experience incredible move of God. It won't cover whole Europe in one time. It will be move of God in different nations. I expect to see move of God in Poland, Germany, Czech Republic, different parts. And for us, this is a privilege as a church. Actually, it's one reason I'm, uh, I'm here, to make a call. Pray for Europe and look at. I know you're very committed for transforming this society, and may God bless you. But in the same time, be careful. Because when we see the move of God, this is privilege to join. 
send teams, I don't know, go, be involved, release finances, because, because it's how it happened. So we are praying for our place and we'll experience, but we can't organize it this season. Season will come and we are doing our work, but there are seasons for nations and we need to help because some, in some places, national church is very weak or small and it, the help is needed. So I really want to encourage you in your prayer meetings, pray for nations and Holy Spirit will, will just start to, to explain where something happening and we'll be in touch. So, 10 years and 300, it's part of preparation. And we made decision, okay, is, if this is from God, because you know, when we're prophesying, I still think we partly know, we are partly prophesying, but I think it's a good thing to dream about, to see 100 churches be planted, thousands of people becoming Christians. I love this. And we agree, let's pray, let's do, and we started, and we felt, okay, you don't need, I, I'm finished now, I'm, it's obvious, I have to. <laughs> <laughs> You're hungry, so your eyes are different now. <laughs> Especially men. Ladies, kind as, as, as before, but men becoming a bit. Come on, it's time to finish. What I was saying. <laughs> yeah. I think David's example to live with a dream to please God. It's on personal level and as a description of church or church's vision. We are here to please God, locally, to do whatever He wants us to do, and globally. So many places has reputation like no chance for church. And sometimes we, are, we started to believe this is a tough place, no chance. But when God is on the move, everyone, everyone, God can change every heart. So many stories. In Poland, my friend, he came in 2015. And God told him just to hire the, the hall for 10 evenings and worship. It was strategy for church planting. They started to worship. One evening, people, by mistake, taxi driver brought them to that place by mistake. He just put into navigator on address. And they left the car. They said, oh, it's not our place. Actually, interesting sound. They enter. They said, what are you doing? We are going to plant a church. Few people worshiping Jesus. They said, can we join you? Yes, of course. <laughs> day by day. Now, it's great. New Hope Church in Krakow. A lot of young people. It starts with a crazy idea. And they, they just started to make step of, steps of faith. Many, many great things start with the little steps. This is our journey. Just follow God. Please God, locally and globally. I would love to pray for us. Maybe there are some people who never made a decision to live and please God as a description of effectiveness. Not numbers, other impressive stuff, but spend time in God's presence, personally, corporately, hear God's voice, read Bible, and do what God wants us to do. Let's stand, please. Lord Jesus, such a privilege for me to be here with your family, with your church, churches gathered together to celebrate you, who you are. 
No one like you. No one like you. And it is a joy for us to follow you, trust you, to grow in knowing you. Thank you for not only theory, but reality. We can experience every day. When we're ill, when we're stuck, we can talk to you. And we call it prayer. Just talk to you. Ask for help. Ask for comfort. And expect. And you do it. Oh, thank you, Lord. You are real. And I'm asking for those who never experienced it, who are still wondering, I exist or not. I'm asking. Just reveal yourself. Show yourself. We don't, know, don't want to see people the, uh, with the just right behavior or uh, this habit to come to, to the church gatherings every Sunday. We would love to see people who know you and who follow you with whole heart. People who made decision to please you, to be obedient, to do whatever you want them to do. I'm just asking, reveal yourself. Holy Spirit, just come and touch. Come and touch. Come and touch. I would love to provoke you. If you never ask, if all your prayers were general, were general start to pray specifically. You can test God. God is real. Just talk to Him in the hardest moments. If you need wisdom or you need breakthrough or healing, just ask and, and, and just ask, Lord, if you are real, just do it. So many stories. God wants to confirm that He is real. He is full of love. God is real. Thank you, Jesus, for this opportunity you made real, you died for us, you opened the door into God's presence, we can, we can enjoy 